With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to The Net Live with Barney. You store some tight underwear, Karen. And DJ Ruche. You get to call yourself buff all the time. Where's Pretty? You promised me he'd be on the show today. All this travel and plane and priorities have been really getting in the way of our relationship. And we'll talk about uh, all kinds of non-volleyball related things. He dated Irene Cara. Gabrielle Reed. You can call me Gabby if you want. The only thing missing is a mascot head. Oh, sack does sound a lot more funny. <laughs> it's the Net Live right now. I wonder how that's looking. Typical Tuesday. On a typical Monday. Typical Monday. One day uh, earlier. We got Fred the Cat in here. Totally blocking Rich on the live stream. There Sorry. we go. Yeah, well, you no, are I'm totally blocking. So I'm so buff now. I'm going to have to hold this like this the entire time, I think. The joke over the weekend was, I am the before photo for Rich, and he's the after photo. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Welcome to Net Live, boys and girls. You can see Kevin Barnett, DJ Jeremy Roche, as per usual. And look who's back for a special episode on his birthday. Happy birthday, Richie. Thank you very much. All right. Happy what, to be here. Are you 44 now? Whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. My 4'4". Four, four. Sure you and Jay-Z? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so I'll be 45 here shortly, I guess. I thought I was one year ahead of you. Hey, you guys are old. If you want to rhyme it with make sure all y'all kids don't grow, you have to say it fo fo. <laughs> I right? will not try that. I will leave that to the professionals. <laughs> you did a lot of impressions this weekend. You're not going to try oh, that one? Oh, God. I did one that was... It, it did not turn out as I had hoped. What was it? I missed it. Jeff Spicoli <laughs> doing the history of Huntington Beach. Yeah. Outfit, on point, Serapi, turtleneck. Wig was, looked too feminine, too feminine, way right. too feminine. Right. I couldn't get the right, like, 1970s long-haired dude look. Too feminine for you, or? No, for the impression. Oh, okay. And then my impression was bad, bad. I was doing it, and in the middle of my head, I was like, I am flailing at this right now. <laughs> yeah. I was just listening to a comedian talk about that, how that's the worst thing that can happen to you is that you get in your own head. Right. While same. you're out there going, this isn't going well, and then you just kind of spiral <laughs> downwards. Same thing when you're doing a broadcast. If you stop to think about what you're saying, you're in trouble. Right. Yeah. Same thing DJing. Oh, this song isn't working, and you just full panic, and all of a sudden the YMCA comes on, and it's, just like that. <laughs> it's all downhill from there. Jump up and shout now. <laughs> You might notice our equipment too. We've gone back old school. This is like NetLive 2010 with our old school mics, giant oversized mic condoms. Mic condoms. Call them what they are. Except for Rich, because Rich is apparently in better shape than the other two that we have. <laughs> Obviously. They were disintegrating. It just looks smaller next to me. Like they've been next to Chernobyl. <laughs> Rich's is actually bigger. He just makes it look smaller. <laughs> That's right. That's right. 
Oh, man. All right, so we have a lot to talk about on the show. It was the ridiculous volleyball weekend that we all knew was coming. Men's Indoor Championship, Women's Collegiate Beach Championship, and the kickoff of the AVP. Of course, all three of us were there. We will have good information on some of what happened at Gulf Shores. We'll have better information on the Men's Indoor when we get to College Volleyball Weekly. And then we'll have plenty of information, I'm sure, about Huntington Beach. Can't wait. I can barely speak because, like all of us, we inhaled about two pounds of dust over the weekend. Thank you, Huntington. Wasn't as bad for me, at least, this yeah. weekend than it has been in the past. And noticeably, the wind was at a different direction towards the DJ booth this year than it has been in the past. Until Sunday, it was blowing. Seriously, Sunday was blowing at me, but the rest of the weekend it was growing, blowing across the court in front of me, so not necessarily directly into the DJ booth. So I didn't start feeling Huntington Beach until. Saturday night when I go back to the hotel room in my chest per two days later than normal. Oh, God. Yeah. It's just gross. It's dusty. Yeah, it's really dusty. And especially you can see it in the afternoon when the sun gets to the right angle and the players are going and it's just a cloud rising. I want to yell at the players every time they go to fix divots because that's just kicking dust up at stop me. Stop kicking yeah. the sand Hey, up stop fixing the field of play for yourself for safety purposes. <laughs> it's really affecting my game. Oh. It's a it's a little bit unfortunate because there's so much to love about Huntington, but oh, that great. element of it, the sand, is uh, not to be loved. You have to kind of you can't just shower off on your way to the car. You have to scrub your <laughs> arms and legs like you're Karen Carpenter. Especially if you have a new car, you want to make sure it stays clean. That's yeah. true. That's true. True. Mm-hmm. Well, what you could do if you have that kind of new car, you could actually send it away after you drop yourself. Driving yourself, you could send it away to a parking spot miles from the beach. True. Yeah. And then summon it back. So are we going to talk about Team Tesla or how? Uh, how are some we of us are team players, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Did you I get thought, someone a rebate? I thought I was on the team. It's, it's not a rebate. What it is is if you use someone's promo code that everyone gets when purchasing a Tesla. Yes. That person and you also get a thousand free supercharger miles. And if you I see. use my code before May the 28th, okay. We both get 5,000. Hey, I mean, that's, Oh, it's like a parlay. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of, uh, that's one of the interesting things about the whole Tesla universe is how frequently it's kind of evolving. Right. They can just throw something like that out there. Hey, for this time period, you get 5,000 extra money. You know what I mean? It's- yeah, because the stuff they put out there is fictitious goods. Kind of, but I mean, the, the, the whole process as far as ordering it online, you know, I mean, uh, when I ordered mine, it said you can expect delivery within two weeks. And this was, I, I did it. The- two days ago. <laughs> Amazon Prime. Friday. Amazon Prime. Got, Friday, it got two there two Free delivery. Yeah. I ordered it, uh, I believe, the 19th, and we were leaving for China on the 21st. Okay. And uh, I was driving to San Diego on the 20th. Crappy old Prius. In my just <laughs> decrepit old, why did I even buy this thing in the first place, Prius. <laughs> uh, and I get a phone call. Well, actually, I got a text that said, your car will be available the 24th, which is, you know. That's st- a stinger because you're like, oh, China. Yeah, we're in China. I'm, I'm kind of mini panicking, wondering how I'm going to adjust that delivery date and what happens and so forth. And then I get a call from a number I don't recognize, I randomly decide to answer it. And it's this guy going, uh, we have your car available in our Orange County facility. Uh, can you take delivery of it, of it this afternoon? <laughs> and so 
yeah, I, I started scrambling and eventually ended up making that happen. And, uh, I, I mean, so literally I had put in the order the night before online and had and my it, car the next, the next day, the next day. So it was Amazon prime cause they are now doing in some locations right. one day delivery. It was awesome. very prime esque. So yeah. not only do you get the AVP with Amazon prime, but you can also get a Tesla next day. <laughs> I was waiting for the drone drop right into my parking spot. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> um, we can get in. We'll, we can change uh, trajectory of the conversation because there's a funny comment on the Facebook message okay. board asking if we could talk about uh, popping champagne bottles 101. Because there was a uh, issue in the men's finals this well, weekend. Well, you know, when you get older, your grip strength goes. Well, then what happened? I don't know how it happened, but when Jake passed the bottle off to me the cork was already like super wet so i couldn't get i couldn't get a grip <laughs> couldn't get a good grip on it yeah, that, that was the problem that's why it took so long and so much effort to get that thing out of there i like that jake handed it to you after a few tries he's like no i'm just gonna give it to my coach <laughs> hang on we've got a guy in that department well and and what's the amount of pressure you know that oh yeah you're full the, panic was the difference between pulling the cork out and breaking the top of the bottle yeah, yeah which i don't want to have happen. i do want to point out that the guy that probably has more experience at popping bottles, had no problem with his. But the other two that may not have as much experience did have a difficult time. The one who's won more tournaments <laughs> yes. was struggling. Correct. That is The one that, who has popped more bottles was not. Was that 31 for Jake? Yes. I believe so. 31 is the correct number. Yeah. Can we talk about, we forget, and by we, I just mean the collective we, Jake is a living legend currently still playing the sport where we don't celebrate people as much until after they're done for a while. Sure. He's a three time Olympian, True. 43 years old and just won his 31st tournament. I feel like I should salute him or something. Yeah, when you should. When he goes by, I should stand should, at attention. You should bow is what you should do, Kevin. Cause you're not a beach guy. <laughs> not so says Dick magazine. Oh. Just saying. Yeah. By the way, I've been in the sport for 16 years and never been in Dick magazine. <laughs> There's a lot of elements to what you just said there that are kind of fascinating to observe. Yeah. One of which is, you know, uh, if we liken it to Tiger Woods, for example, winning the Masters and talking about how it was nice for his kids to see yeah, their I identify dad with that, yeah. doing what he does at the highest level. Because, you know, when he was dominating the sport, they weren't really aware of what was going on. And when so you uh, speak to me, I know you got to speak for us, the microphone. I know you're not used to it. I'll give that. you the side eye. Perfect. We'll, so, get, the, uh, we'll get this fixed. <laughs> we'll get this fixed. That's why they have round tables like hexagons yeah, and stuff in yeah. studios. Yeah. But it's, it's nice to see that part of the equation taking shape for Jake, too. Uh, his, you his can spin towards the camera and just take your mic and spin it with you if you want. Because his oldest, Crosby, is how old now? Five, six? No, he's seven, seven. or eight, okay. I think. Yeah, and, and his youngest, Cora, is four, I believe. Okay. So, so she's they'll... right on the cusp of being aware of what's going on. Yeah. Um, Whoa. I, I mean, I would think one would ask <laughs> before. first. Yeah. <laughs> A little sexual harassment going on here at the Net Live this morning. Apparently safe sport, not a thing in the Net Live. <laughs> it's a delicate topic after the men's deal, yeah. Yikes. Uh, yeah, so I mean that that's kind of awesome to see how much that means to mm -hmm. him. And we, uh, you know, there was kind of an exchange a little bit on social media. He posted uh, his son's reaction to them winning 
that match on Saturday against yeah. Phil and Nick. And it's kind of funny to, you know, my, my comment was it's, it's awesome to see the kids so excited, but they still aren't quite sure how to process that whole thing. Yeah. You know, they see their dad out there. They see all these people excited. They're not entirely sure what their response is supposed to be. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so the go-to is, I just say what I know. That's my dad. <laughs> right. Which is perfect. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Hilarious. Reminds me of the cart story I've told a few times on this show. 96 Olympics, win the gold medal. Incredible moment. This is a story he told when he got into the USOC Hall of Fame. He's elated. His kids run down. First thing one of his boys says to him, Dad, the water park was closed. <laughs> How old were his kids at that time? I, I got a, I would guess like six or seven or something. I don't Hilarious. know. Hilarious. Eight, maybe nine. I don't, I, I don't know the exact number, but that was a story he told. It's right. So Just about kind of putting things in perspective. Definitely puts them in perspective. The water park was closed. And then did Karch leave out the part where he smacked his kid in the face with his gold medal? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you. Hey, buddy. Yeah, it, it was pretty neat to see Jake's reaction, not only the final, but the semifinal, too. When they won the semifinal to get to the final, that was – you could tell it means more at, right now than it did 10 years ago. Sure. Well, think about their journey to that spot. They lost their second match of the tournament. Right. And then had to battle all the way back through. The never-ending tournament. Yeah. Kid, I want to give Jake Gibb props here right now for something different. And and my wife caught it too. And I'm glad she mentioned it to me last night because I might not have remembered that I did notice. Um, when he got interviewed on center court after the championship. Yeah, I can't, I didn't, I can't hear it because it doesn't go live to the stadium. So he got interviewed. He mentioned his sponsors. He actually said, without prompting, I want to thank, and he went through the list. He's thank a, you, Jake Gibb. He's a professional. Someone else should pick this up. Everyone else should pick this up. If I could come and speak to the players, like in the players' stand, if there's some sort of pre-players meeting, that would be the only thing I would want to say. Or if he had when, a podcast, and he could say it that way too. Yeah, but nobody listens to the show. Casey Jennings told everybody that. <laughs> uh, when you get on the Prime video feed, Put it in the conversation. Don't make me ask you. I will if I remember, but don't make me ask you. One of the first things out of your mouth, we ask something about the match. Get yourself to your sponsors. Watch how other athletes do it, okay? I think it's a learning experience for all of them, right? This is new. Yeah. The Amazon thing is yeah. new. And, and people are starting to get it, yeah. to Jake's credit. Like, dude, put your sponsors in there. So if I ask you something about that, that last point, what happened, how, how were you able to come back or whatever, maybe – Hey, we've just really been in a good spot, and my sponsors have helped put me there. Lululemon, uh, CBDMD, who is apparently sponsoring everybody now. I wasn't worried about getting sunburn because clean skin protected me, so I stuffed Phil straight down. It was awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, you got to get that stuff in there. If you listen to other athletes, particularly racing, which I watch well, a fair amount of, because they all have individual sponsors. It's, it's akin to that, and then everybody has their own sponsorship. It's not like the NFL. You can't have some NFL player touting something because it's against league rules, right? Here, talk about who got you there. Yeah. Mention it, please. So well done, Jake Gibb, on that particular thing. And also winning the tournament. Also that. <laughs> and I, I missed an opportunity also in the women's final. I thought of it this morning. It's one of those, like, when somebody says something to you and you don't really have a comeback and then 10 minutes later you're like, oh, I want to go back. The George Costanza? Yes. <laughs> and then George goes you're back welcome. and says it. Yeah, <laughs> when you're was welcome. The one he said. 
can't remember. The jerk store. The jerk store. Yeah. The jerk store. You're yeah. their bestseller. Yeah. <laughs> the women's final. It was the A team versus the A team. Yeah. And I blew it. I did not oh. think of that. It would have been so good. The A team versus the A team. Would you have thrown your Canadian accent? For the oh yeah, nice. that I could do way better than my. I have a feeling Spicoli you're going to see that again, Kevin. So feel free to save it. I'm oh. sad to say that took me a second. Okay, I, I would have liked to have seen a graphic on that just to clarify for the. We, we should put public. a graphic up. That would be great. The letter A team versus the E H team is what you're saying, right? One right. comes with a maple leaf. I did refer to them as the maple leaves several nice. times. Those both of those finals were awesome. They're yeah, very entertaining. I had to play a lot of music. <laughs> you mean Saturday night and Sunday? Dude. Going deep into the archive. Seriously. Yeah. Um, well, in the uh, the Saturday semi that Jake and Taylor played against Phil and Nick, I mean, you, you took it to a whole other level at, at one point. Well, yeah. My job, I feel, is to match the energy of what's happening on the court and the crowd. Mm-hmm. And that place was going bonkers, so... I couldn't sit back and play like Celine Dion. I had to get after it a little bit. Much as I appreciate Celine Dion during a tense sporting event. uh, I mean, there was a moment in time there where we slipped into like, am I in an Amsterdam rave right now? Yeah, I was getting after it. I told the sound guy, because the weekend it progresses, right? For me, it's a steady climb. I was like, hey, let's turn the subs up a little bit just so we can get going. Everybody needed just a little more, and I brought a little more too. I just want to look over and see Rich in the coach's box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Rich fist bumping and forgetting to uh, take notes during the match because he's raging. <laughs> just pogoing. Hey, you guys go out there and get it. I'm going to pogo over here. <laughs> Work on my calf game a little bit. Yeah, what is it with Jake Gibb and Saturday evening matches that likes to just go forever and ever? I mean, I'm all for it because it's very entertaining. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, maybe he's just got a penchant for the dramatic. Maybe. He knows what the crowd wants. <laughs> he, knows, I, he knows what you need to see. Gio. I almost apologize to the two teams I played after. Was it Casey and Chase? Oh, yeah. No, it was, it was Troy and Jeremy and, and Jeremy and uh, Kame Yes, Troy and Tim, yeah. yeah. I almost told them that I wasn't going to play any music because I didn't know what else to do. And the crowd emptied out. Yeah. The crowd was about a fifth of what it was for the previous match because it was so late, first of all. Even by the time that got started. Well, and everybody was exhausted after that yeah. Jake and Phil match. I mean, sure. literally everybody. Yeah, I wanted to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I almost did. <laughs> and then we had another epic match after that. Yeah, okay. So I'm trying to get now, back here, here, to watch here. my son play. <laughs> Since it's my show, I get to do this. Yeah. I'm trying to get back to see my son play. He's playing against Loyola, second round of CIF. Match starts at 6 o'clock because the CIF's whack-a-mole. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> I already know I'm screwed in the Jake match. I know I'm going to miss part of it. Whatever. The next match starts. We go three. Great. Fantastic. Just so you know, that's always going to happen on Saturday. I I know. Okay. So we go three. I'm like, all right, maybe I catch the third set. Maybe the middle of it or something, right? We get to 14-8 at the freeze. (laughs) In the third. In the third. Mm Mm-hmm. Tim, Timmy, and Troy. Because who won set one? Jeremy did? I don't even remember. Well, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the, the twist of the knife, right, is that Jeremy and Kame won set one, 
were down in set two, but actually had a lead kind of in the latter third of that and then gave up a couple points in succession. Like it almost closed out in straight sets for Jeremy and Kane. Yeah. So we go three. Yep. 14-8, <clears throat> Troy in control with Timmy. Timmy. And then the comeback begins all the way to 14. Then to overtime, we had 14 match points. 14! 11 on one side before they closed it out. I drove like a bat out of hell. I saw the last five points. (laughs) Do you do the thing where you pretend to your son that you'd been there the whole time? No. Nice job, Reese. Great job in that first set in particular. <laughs> Kevin's the reason they lost because Reese is looking in the stands the whole time for him and he's not there. He's like, oh, my dad doesn't care about me. That's right. That's right. The little Ricky Bobby. <laughs> he, leaves a, he leaves a ticket Tickets. for you at every game. <laughs> yeah, so thanks a lot for that, boys. But it was thrilling. I always say in indoor volleyball, like if we're going to go five sets, make it exciting because I don't want to stay for – 25-13, Don't do that to me. <laughs> All right? Make it good. I'll stay here for 10 sets. I don't care. Donald was standing next to me during those last two matches, yep. and I just kept yelling at him about the freeze. I was like, thanks, Donald. <laughs> it's pretty amazing how consistently you get some drama from that. Well, any time right? in the freeze, any time a team makes a comeback and then they tie it up, just add another 20 minutes onto that. Yeah. Because that's well, right, what's going to happen. You got to score two real points yeah, now, absolutely, against teams that you know it's been tough to. I just think, I mean, Jeremy and Kame, for those of you who didn't see that match, were down fourteen eight, like you mentioned, but had a match point almost yeah. immediately once they got you know yeah, they got they to fifteen fourteen, had that chance at the match, and it was a net violation from Jeremy. At 15 oh, 14. That's right. Right? It was that yeah, kind of joust play that yep. he uh, overextended on. Yep. And then it was, you know, back and forth, like you mentioned, from there. Uh, and we saw it in the women's final as well, right? Mel and Sarah had a yep. swing at it. Yep. Yep. Right away Just after wide. coming back from, I think they were down 14 11, right? At the freeze. I think that's right. Uh, at least 12, yeah. Yeah, I thought it I thought it switched and froze at 14 11. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong there. But um, in, in any case, they battled all the way mm-hmm. back, had that match point, and a, a viable – I think they had two or three swings. They had of, two swings in that rally. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then, like, right away, after uh, after missing that chance, gave up a real – back to the A team, right? The letter A team. <laughs> a few things I noticed this weekend. Tim Baumgren is letting everybody know how athletic he is. Because he's been a blocker – for those of us, who I know the play you're thinking. Know. Of. Correct. Right. Yeah. I know the play you're thinking. Like this of. is the ma- like for the masses out there, right? Like, yeah. you need to take note now because he's been a blocker his whole career. Now he is playing defense and playing it well. I was behind you when it happened. The pokey Spider-Man move underneath the net. Correct. Um, Chase Budinger, yeah. yeah, has now figured some things out a little bit. Like those plays, yep. and Alex Kleiman did this last year too, where she'd get a block, but it would tip up in the air. And then they would just do something weird and float it directly to the middle of the court, where now both of them are jumping up and hitting it with pace in a specific direction. So that's something that has to be defended now, too. And the team of Jace Pardon and Carissa Cook Carissa right? Cook got a fifth? 
Is that what they got this I weekend? I believe that, that sounds correct. Yeah, I think they got a fifth. And if you were betting before the tournament, you oh, yeah. probably would not have bet on that. Could have made some money on that. But talking to other players, they were saying that team does – they're just some weird things that they do, like they're the Ed and Rafu of the women's side. Interesting. So, which is which there, I wonder. <laughs> yeah. So that is also another team to – you just don't know what they're going to do each weekend. So those are the main takeaways I got from – that now i obviously don't get to see all of the matches i only get to see what's on stadium court and some of what's on court one right but those are the my takeaways my main takeaways on my left wrist <laughs> your rockwell watch kevin my rockwell just watch. as a mini tangent since you bring up carissa cook yeah uh, her brother brian cook i'd like to invite him to get back on instagram stories please i asked him if he was going to do it earlier this year he said no was that because he cut his He's Mullet like, and shaved his mustache. He doesn't think he's as funny anymore. I don't know. You know who he's like? He's like uh, Ricky Gervais. You know, yeah. Ricky Gervais comes up with The Office over in England, knocks out 12 episodes, and then calls it a day. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I, I liked it. I told Reed right to his face that I liked it. I thought it was funny. Absolutely. Multiple times. But, I mean, you have to – Even though Reed doesn't think it's funny at all. Even though I wish there were more of that stuff because I think he's genuinely hysterical, I have to admire him – Doing a quality over a quantity. That's just a mic drop. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah dominated. Right. Now he yeah. just posts pictures with his cats. <laughs> One read pretty will be. Yeah. Uh, I could use less of that. <laughs> we'll be happy to know that Brian Cook is no longer. Yeah. On the Instagram story game. I tell you, I, I also along the same lines, I appreciate Trevor. Trevor Crab. Yeah. And I roasted him a couple of years ago on here because of what he said to Reed. Well, it was the word. I thought it was a little too far. Because he called Reed a hack. Yeah, I thought. And was, I'm just going to say. I thought it was a lot too far. Reed's not a hack. I'm just right. going to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> but caveat to that, I've said before, but I, I, again, this weekend when the Crabs played each other in the semis, I appreciate that he brings something different, something fun, and it's keep it up. And he doesn't discriminate. <laughs> that is correct. He talks to whoever's on the other side of the net. Right. I think. <laughs> I mean, we'd have to get Reed to confirm this, but I think Reed has a bit of an appreciation for him as well. I think so. Uh, because, you know, we got both of those guys in USA practices uh, in the preseason. And, you know, Reed's a guy who respects competitors. And Trevor is, is nothing if not a competitor. Uh, oh, okay. You know, you can disagree with his methods, but you can't argue that he's not out there competing as hard as he possibly oh, can. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right. I like that he's an old school competitor because talk to college coaches nowadays and they said, yeah, the kids are great. They're really generally great people, but nobody, almost nobody wants to come out and just kind of rip your head off. Right. No one wants to compete at that nasty level. We're all, ve- we're all vegans be- now, Kevin, so we have no yeah. uh, meat testosterone in our bodies. <laughs> Look, <laughs> people, <laughs> I remember my buddy Josh Crozier, he had a friend on UCLA and they went out after we played him one time and Josh came back to me and he said, yeah. Guy asked, he's like, what's with that Barnett guy? It's just like he's an a-hole. Psycho? Like, yeah. like no, he's fine. Like, right. But because that's I played it like the middle linebacker from the Chicago Bears. Like that's Mike Singletary, Dick Butkus. Like, that's how I played everything is like a football game. Right. Look, there's some people that don't like Reed's perceived attitude on the court either. Yeah. Especially on the beach. And I think it's just they don't know him well enough, and he's right. out there competing as well too. But, um, yeah, I like that Trevor doesn't discriminate and 
It's just something different. It's in, for me selfishly. It's entertaining because most everybody high fives and Nick and Taylor are joking that you know fighting under the net, joking. But Trevor will fight you if if it comes down to it. <laughs> I, when he was yelling at, I tend at to Jake. place a lot of yeah. the blame on uh, Long parents? Beach State. Oh, sorry. Just as a school and as an organization, <laughs> because I don't know if I can think of a player that while they were at Long Beach State, I liked on any level. And I can think right. of an endless list of guys that I like post Long Beach State that I, that I love, actually. I mean, I hate Dave Taylor Lee. And yeah, Trevor Taylor and Trevor included. Yep. Tyler Hildebrand being another Dave one. Lee? <laughs> I love Dave Lee. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just... Matt Prosser? Kind of, did you hate Matt Prosser when he was at Long Beach? Yes. <laughs> and, and Chris Seifer. I mean, you know, he was... He was part of that team that uh, Terrible my BYU there. man cougars, as Dave McKenzie, yet another example, <laughs> uh, called us <laughs> the BYU full grown men. Great he called name, us. yeah, because yeah, you guys are all twenty six year old. And you come back from your mission. <laughs> True story. Yeah, Rich so. is the same age as me, but graduated six years later from college. <laughs> well, maybe if you cared about your eternal salvation a little more, <laughs> I have thrown that away. I have cast yeah, that aside Kevin. in favor of premarital sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another thing from this weekend is Trevor and Try. Speaking of Try, yeah, the level they're playing at right now—that's their level. Yeah. That's not like they didn't early. career and play. Oh, they just had a really good tournament. That's the level that they're playing at, and you should expect the rest of this season. I'm very happy for Trevor and Taylor that things are better. Yeah, we talked to Trevor about that, and I thought. This was funny on Taylor's Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and these guys are known for kind of tweaking one another on Instagram, but this was good. Celebrating third place. Yeah. With a little tongue-in-cheek, but it, well, it just seemed to me, knowing what I've heard from both of them, that it's, it's good. Oh, if you don't follow Trevor on Instagram, you should. And then make sure you look at all the comments he posts on other people's Instagrams. Because oh, he does – he. He will come at me during the Lakers season for no particular reason at all whatsoever. Oh, yeah. You just yeah. came across his mind. I love it. I love everything about it. Yeah, it's hilarious. I have a couple other notes. <laughs> uh, Eddie the Eagle on the mic got really good reviews. Oh, nice. I saw a couple people socially. But, on Amazon? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I saw a couple people socially that, that really enjoyed it. Were you drinking? Or? I don't know what that means. Social media. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That that thought he did a nice job. But even before that, the crew and people that were listening during internally really enjoyed him. So great job, Eddie. Cool. Uh, Jake, to get back to Jake for a moment. Spiker Gibb. Offered up his children at one point. <laughs> you know, we're pretty mic'd up out there on the courts, which has been fun. Yeah. So we hear a lot of stuff. He at one point says, on my children, I did not touch that ball. That's right. Yeah. You just, you know, here, have them. You can have all of my kids. Just give me that point. Is that the, the triborn poke over his... Yes. I think, yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Which lot, eventually he did get, and I don't think he touched. A lot of people did comment on the courts all mic'd up, because I think courts one and two were mic'd up as well. Yes. How do you feel about hearing the referees when they're like, yeah, I didn't see it. Did you see it? <laughs> can I... That's good. Just, I, I, yes, I find it entertaining. The notion that referees are infallible, that they see yeah, everything, humans. is BS. I think the AVP refs, though, do a pretty good job. Like that play you're talking about, for example, where it's initially called a touch on Jake. He says on his kids. He the linesman had called it out the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, I think who was up top there? Was it Big Wave Dave? Or uh, I think so. 
he brought in the, the uh, lines officials and consulted with them and I think ultimately got the call right. And that's something we see way more on the AVP than we do internationally. They well, they those believe that they nuts. are infallible. Those well, people. internationally, it's all about protocol. It's not a matter of getting the call right. I said it here. Feel free to send your hate mail and, my direction. And I said it on air. Yeah. You did. About the FIVB. It's an officiating organization. Right? That's where they started. Right, right. That's what they are. Oh, yeah. And that's how they behave. Because they do not want anyone talking to anyone. I've heard their meetings where they literally talk about what protocol stuff did you get incorrect or what can we do better as yes. opposed to what calls did yes. you... Yes, right. Because you're going to miss calls. Like that's It's just human nature. I, get, I don't know how you see that touch, even on the replay, slow-mo. I couldn't tell if Jake... No. Touch that ball, or I couldn't tell one way or the other if he touched it or did not. Yeah. Hey, FIVB, bring me to one of your meetings. Yeah. Because I don't have a horse in your race. Not a good idea. I don't have a horse <laughs> in the race, but I'll tell you some stuff you got to change. And, and I'll be honest about it, and whether it's right or wrong, you can decide. But that's one thing. Especially when the ball mark is on the line and the upper F is looking down at it. It's like, nope, I called it out. It's out. Another favorite moment was when the ball mark was in the sun. Late in the day, I can't remember if that was the your match or the one. It after. was after because I was up was there with after? you. Yeah, there was. It was in the sun. He's like, we can all see it from here. It's out, <laughs> or it was in, or whatever. Oh boy. So uh, I don't. I wouldn't want that job ever. The other thing I would say to the FIVB is I may have said before about their broadcasting. You better put some money in your broadcasting because it stinks. <laughs> You're setting the guys up for failure that you have. They don't really know volleyball. Several of them, and then they. Don't get an opportunity to talk to anybody. That is the face of your organization. And for a fraction of what you are spending to send, I don't know, God knows how many people down to Puerto Vallarta in a resort for a week. All right? You can actually hire some people who aren't hacks and actually know what they're talking about. Or take the guys you have if you like them because I don't want to – I mean, they're doing the best they can. So I don't want that to be misconstrued. I'm not hammering those guys because they're being put in a box in London – don't get to talk to anybody and hear talk about it. But they don't seem like they're volleyball What's in the box? knowledgeable to start with. They're announcer knowledgeable. But then you're setting them up for failure. Yeah. This is the face of your organization. No one cares about your referees. No one cares about the protocol. No one cares about so many other things you worry about when you're trying to increase the popularity of your sport worldwide. That is what people see is that. I always find it interesting at FIV events where we introduce the refs and I have to play a certain song for them. Dumb. I'm like, nobody. Dumb. Nobody cares about the referees. It's the old David Spade bit, right, about introducing the pilot. Like anyone's <laughs> in the back going, oh, he's good. <laughs> yeah, just land me there safely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not to... Not to dwell on that subject too much, but uh, just a note to kind of tie together the mic'd up nature of the yeah. broadcast. And Eddie the Eagle, he had a moment that was awesome <laughs> in his match. Uh, he and Rafu played Chase and Casey, and there was a, a bang-bang play that Eddie thought that for sure there was a touch. Chase said he didn't touch it. Uh, the call was no touch. And Eddie walks up and quietly whispers into the ref stand boom mic, for those of you watching at home, for sure Chase touched that. <laughs> it's great. And then they it's and so then, good. And then on the broadcast we show the replay and Chase did in fact touch it, it appeared. <laughs> but so I mean good. just the presence of mind to do that and know where that mic was going out oh, to is hilarious. So Ed, I feel like he's always had fun on the court, but now he was having a full on conversation with Mark at one point during their match on the stadium court from the court during play. I find it amazing. It's Dax Holdren used to talk to me 
during play who? towards the end of his career. <laughs> Dax Holdren. You oh, know who he is. Yeah. He jumps three f- inches off the ground and hits with his left hand. That guy. God, super whippy arm. Yeah. Super whippy. Can't wait to get a text from him about making fun of how terrible he was at jumping. I had something else to yell at the FIVB about. Oh, no. <laughs> it was actually the reverse of that because I hammered him on that. The work that they have done in stadium with their in-stadium experience is great. They've really put a lot into that. I think it's improved tremendously. Indoor? Indoor. Yeah, because they were mimicking the beach game. Fine. Yeah. I think it's good. I think it's really good. But here's the problem. At maximum, <clears throat> biggest match ever, the crazy wild one with 60,000 people or whatever, usually it's 5,000 people, right, who get that experience. And think about what you're giving to the other however many million people around the globe that watch your matches mm. via TV, internet, app, whatever. Think about the difference, how much effort you've put into that. And then every time I talk to you, FIVB, three times in the last year about different projects, and we get to rate, and you're a joke. You're a laughingstock joke for what you're paying. Well, stop sending them ideas. Uh, and, that, and that number is... Tiny. It is a rounding error in that organization. Look, we all, and I mean all of us, players, announcers, DJs, MCs, have been taking a pay cut for the sport of volleyball as long as we've been involved. I've been taking a pay cut for 16 years. Oh, this would be fractional. Amazon, yeah. I was happy with what you paid me. <laughs> this this huh. would be well, fractional. Maybe I need to do some Amazon broadcast too then. So FIVB, hey, if you want an honest opinion from someone who, who's been around a bit, Maybe I'm they don't want an honest opinion, Kevin. It's fine, too. <laughs> they got it on this show for free. They don't even have to fly me to Viarda. <laughs> Sheesh. Uh, I want to thank Nick Lucena for making me look smart. For in, growing in out just, his beard and hair. In just a funny moment. Three consecutive missed serves. Mm-hmm. I said it's time for the picnic bump serve. Sure enough, he does it. Right then. That's so great. Underhand serve? Underhand serve on center court. On stadium court, yeah. yeah. It was awesome. Thanks, Nick. We need that to call was it, awesome. We need to call it stadium court because if it's center, yeah, that it's implies stadium. that it's in the middle of everything. Stadium. I do it too. I'm trying to get out of that. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're playing the back row. All, I, yeah, Kevin said that to me this weekend too. I almost slapped him in the face. I know. I, I've said back court on air. Hey, everybody. On the beach, there's no, there's no back row. <laughs> there's a back court. Mm-hmm. There's the back of the court. There's a back court. Front court and back court players. You don't have to have a line. I would agree with that, Jay Rich. Thank you. I'm in Jay Rill. <laughs> Speaking for Team Jay Rich. I will end my conversation now then since All right. Team Jay Rich member yeah. agreed, so I will not uh, disagree with you anymore. Very good. Just don't call it a back row player. I, I will get you the flag that says solidarity. Perfect. And my Tesla. <laughs> Before the 28th, please. Yeah. <laughs> code is a 614 code. 5 Yeah, what do I need to do to get a Tesla? Uh, you mentioned Chase and his growth, or you did, maybe. I did. Thank I you. agree. I would like to mention Alex Kleiman. Yeah. A couple of balls. I believe I said that, too. Fine. I would like to mention Alex Kleiman all the time. A couple of balls she hit. Phil-esque. She. For the women's side. Hammered some balls this weekend like, that bounced. And not just because it caught a good divot, either. No. Like, she legitimately beat the cover off it mm-hmm. and put it to the sand. So, Alex, keep it up. Whatever you're doing. Keep it up. If she, because April in that finals too, I'd seen, you'd seen her earlier in the day, like stepped it up a notch in that finals. And then Alex, it's those plays again where there's a touch on the block and it's, do I set April? Do I go over? 
and last year, again, she'd go over, but knuckle poke it to the middle of the court with no pace, nothing, where yesterday she was hammering balls. I mean, crushing balls. Yeah. Plenty of good hits, but a few swings that yeah. were gnarly. Absolutely. I expect we'll see. Uh, I don't know what everybody's schedule is this year, like what events they'll be missing and things like that, because there will be a few conflicts with the FIVB. But I suspect we'll see those that final matchup again at some point. Yeah. Uh, other notes. These shirts are for sale. That shirt, is, that shirt is amazing, by the way. It is amazing. Typical Tuesday. This is the Kelly Reeves official shirt. She has a cut of this. So every one of these that's sold, how Kelly much, gets a how cut. How much of a cut, Kevin? Are you screwing over the volleyball players, too? I'm only as much as I'm screwing myself. <laughs> so this is the so, back here. So a lot, then. You're screwing yourself a lot, then? <laughs> so if you want to get one of these, Not- avpstyle.com avpstyle.com yeah interesting it's a new new deal funny because we were discussing it in the booth in your booth with Laura Day and the social media crew you know how many people come to my booth that should not come to my booth continue your story besides just me continue your story so I was discussing with Laura Day and she's like what is AVP style are you running some bootleg AVP exactly (laughs) yeah was she unaware she was unaware okay also this shirt that I'm currently wearing Casey Patterson Casey Patterson now you might notice and you might remember if you're of age, like get Rich, closer to the mic, or take the mic with you. If you're of age, like Rich Lamborn, you might remember this game, Super Spike Volleyball. Can those and be sold Casey in the merch in booth as well at AVP events? They Can have you? a booth. Awesome. And they they did not have stock this weekend. They may at future events because we're literally we did it like right up to mm-hmm. I got this on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, but it's my design for these two actually. That's interesting that you made that gesture because I was thinking if there's another, like if that's a limited run on the typical Tuesday thing, one of my favorite parts of that is when she goes typical Tuesday starts and then snaps. <laughs> so I wonder, like there's a snap emoji maybe you can incorporate into the next run of that oh, shirt. that's a good idea. I like that. And the thumbs up too. There's always a thumbs up uh, yeah, at yeah. some point in the- She uh, knows exactly where to put her hand in front of the camera. With the not up. only that, she also knows where the camera is during her matches. Cause I, she, I like watching her too. It's so fun. She's so entertaining. So I, I was searching on the site this morning. I will make sure Fred is up there, but I know this one is currently available, Casey Patterson. And there will be others. Uh, Nick, We have one for Nick as well. It's just somebody screwed up on the image. Is there a Greyhound? It's Nick the Quick. Okay. They, we may do one later with a Greyhound. There was discussion of that. Nick's face on a dog would be funny. Can we talk Especially about- with his new furry look. He also looks thicker. Yeah. Well, he is shredded beyond belief. Well, he's, yes, he's definitely shredded, but he also, but like, more much, but it's called muscle maturity. I know what you're saying. Have you gotten there yet, Jeremy? Do you have any maturity or are you still adolescent muscle? Like I said earlier in the show, I'm the before photo of Rich Lamborn and he is the after. Did I stump you? That's it. I just didn't know where to go. Well, we can go to more volleyball. We will have other, other shirts. We're working on one for Phil as well. And thinking of who else. A Moby I had, shirt. I had two funny ones for Case Beer. He shut me down. So for uh, now, no Case Beer shirts. But can I take a moment to compliment you, Kevin Barnett? Well, by all means, this is an this amazing down. show. Here we go. Yeah, First well, of all, this is here I'm, we go. I'm, I'm mute, Kevin, and I go ahead, Rich. First of all, one of the reasons I like listening to you is because you say things like it's a rounding error to characterize how little they're paying. I mean, that's just like <laughs> such a brilliant way to say that that I never would have thought of myself, but. Uh, the the hammer that you made for you know that hammer award 
I mean, first of all, is amazing craftsmanship. But I was talking with Glazebrook about it a little bit, like your ability and willingness to go above and beyond. Like that's not part of your deal, right? At Amazon to do all this extra ancillary stuff that you do, but it's awesome. And then kind of the footnote to that is your ability to make contact with the mini volleyballs <laughs> with said hammer on state quo is really impressive. A lot more difficult than people realize, I think. Did you hear the crowd boo him at one point, or was that the DJ? That Just the him? DJ booth. <laughs> because I, I I dare you to get out there and try and make contact with that thing. It's like trying to hit a golf ball with the end of your putter. Have you ever tried to do that? <laughs> yes. I'm O for lifetime. Only on after attack. I missed a putt, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't exactly. know how Kevin swung that thing like a normal bat to begin with. Because the only way I could swing that is if I had one hand on the bottom and one hand towards the top. Right. Not a chance could I swing that thing like, like a, a baseball bat. Stick. Yeah. Yeah. We almost killed somebody in the crowd. You did almost take that person he out. He was on his was phone awesome. paying zero attention standing along the rail, and I hummed in. A, I think it was a big ball. It was. It was, it the, was, it was it the medium was size. Yeah. That's that guy's fault. Yeah. I want to hit some full size. Like being then the, we'll get some distance. It's like yeah. being in the splash zone at uh, SeaWorld. That's your fault. <laughs> or at a Gallagher wet. event, which yeah. we may do later with the hammer, actually. That's your fault. Yeah, to, to put it in kind of the uh, sports nerd terms, right? It's the smash factor on that hammer. <laughs> has to be pretty solid, I would think. Did, uh, did the voting conclude on that? Yeah, there was voting. I have to check the... the so explain the hammer award. Okay, so here was the idea. And sadly, I will also say that there was a miss that you may see later fixed. If not this year, definitely next. My idea was to have it like best offensive performer. And I will it down from best spike because then it's just one thing and I don't think it's as interactive as it needs to be because I want the fans to vote. I want the fans every week to vote on who is the best offensive performer. Now we've lumped into that kind of just net play, transition kills, whatever. So each week I want the fans to vote. One woman, one man. We have a field of four that we're going to right now unveil on midday Saturday. I think starting the tournament, we're going to ask for nominations. So if you want somebody to be in the running for the Hammer Award, you see great plays, put them out there to us. We'll come up with a list of four on each side. From Saturday afternoon on, they'll be voting on those four. Whoever wins on either side in that poll, that name will end up on the Hammer. Now, fortunately, I did not say when that name will end up on the Hammer <laughs> because I failed this weekend. I'd used a Torx head screw. It's the one that looks like a star. Nobody knows what that means. It looks like a, a multi-point star. You okay? can keep talking about it still. Yeah. Nobody knows. It does, it's not a Phillips. It's not a standard. <laughs> Again, nobody knows. Continue. Okay. <laughs> and I knew this was a problem. I set aside a bit, and I was going to go buy a handle to put the bit in and put that in the box <laughs> so I could use it each week because I don't want to take the hammer on, you know, I don't want to buy an extra ticket for it and strap it in next to me uh -huh. on American Airlines. Uh-huh. I want to take the little plates off and machine the name on and then put the plates on each week. Well, I couldn't find a torque set, so it's on the, it's traveling with no name this week. So the hammer words a fail is what you're saying. No. Okay. That was interesting because now we have a new section on here that I can eat through. <laughs> so the hammer award each week will award the award and we'll put names on it there'll be eight names on it by the end of the year and then we'll do something with it at the end of the year and i'm hoping it makes it out in center court to like smash some fruit gallagher style or hit some balls or some sort of contest or something i thought that i thought you hitting balls was the perfect use of it i'd hate to see you smash I'll do that fruit again. and kind of sully the yeah the hammer itself <laughs> then you got to hand out plastic to the front row <laughs> right <laughs> so so, yeah, maybe we'll do some more of that, but we'll figure out more ways to use it. It was just, I thought, something fun. Yeah, but kudos to you for not only having the creativity to come up with that kind of stuff, but apparently the lack of away from the beach tournament 
life <laughs> to actually execute it. I knew the backhand. <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> now here's the front of my hand. Here's the back. <laughs> my buddy Brandon Higa had a late suggestion that I had no time for mm. one day out from the event. He said, "Did you make a shield?" For the best defender. Oh, uh, oh nobody uh, cares about defense. So maybe everybody loves well, the lo- everybody loves the long ball. It's a process. You yeah. So we we may have a shield at some point that nice. also travels. I'm nice. going to give that to Taylor Crab for the nobody. I'm just going to stand in the middle of the court on a free ball and Phil tees off on me, and I'm still going to dig it anyways. Right. Yeah. Dude's gnarly. That was pretty gnarly. Dude is gnarly. Um, I got a couple of tweets about this over the weekend, and Rob Asparo just commented that a reporter next to him. In the media booth to the right of the DJ booth, said, "Why do they have music during play? Takes away from the sport." Wrong. As a player, wrong. I think as a player, you tune it out until it's raging on Saturday night. Uh, I don't because I've, I've asked players this even earlier in my career. Like, do they hear it during play? I, I don't think they hear anything unless it's a terrible song. I in my I would not play music during play. And not necessarily play it every single time the ball hits the ground. I would have music. Like, if there's an exciting play, then yes, I'm going to hammer you with music. Or during sign changes, then I would play music. But the AVP wants music all the time, so that's what you get. I think it's more of a distraction when it comes in and out as opposed to constant. Because if it's constant, then even as a fan, you can tune it out. Unless you're sitting next to the speaker, then you're screwed. Yeah, I don't know. It would be interesting you know, for people who have that opinion – I would encourage them to go to an FIVB event where it's only when play stops and see what that what feelings that elicits. And well, that's a, I've done that. And, and I, I think there's just the AVP model more I just think there's right. moments for everything, right? It depends on what you want cuz sometimes people I'll get a text about something and I know they're not on stadium court. So they're talking about I'm like, "Oh, I I can't control. I have for the 100th time, yeah. I make an iPod with a playlist, and that's what plays to all the outer courts. Sure, I don't sure. have control of what song comes on when. It's just on shuffle, and there you go. So right. stop asking me. Stop. People are making Wait, requests for the outer courts. Not all can... the time? Yes. Not all the stadium, time like that? Stadium courts, the Spotify playlist, Kevin. Okay? <laughs> outer courts is the iPod. Well, um, the stop and start thing uh, feels a little bit like I'm being manipulated as a fan, too. Right? Like, I, I have to watch because it's quiet. And now I have to celebrate because the music comes on. You know what I mean? Correct. And it's also, for me, um, the so when you get to the finals and I go up and down each time, the reason why I switch, and this was my suggestion years ago, why I switch, because if there's a moment in the finals and I'm constantly playing music, mm-hmm. I can't get to a moment, right? Like that moment is whatever song I'm playing at that time. If something exciting happens, I have stuff on standby. Boom, here you go. It's exciting. Here's that music in your face. Um, Where the FIVB, these words came out of their mouth is every point is a moment. And I've told them I disagree. You can't be at a 10 all the time. time. Because if if the play is not at a 10, but the music is, what happens when the play is at a 10? Where where does the music go from there? To 11. Well, because you've told them everything else is... One zero is as important as twenty one nineteen. And that is a referee view of the world. That is stupid. Right. Yeah, so and again, like people Well, I mean, you proved that you were right with the way you handled the Phil and Nick, Jake and Taylor match. Right? When that yeah, thing that, was getting yeah, super that match deserved that kind of energy. Yeah. yeah absolutely. We took it to Amsterdam rave <laughs> on Queen's Day. Yeah, and look, again it's music. Muse is is subjective. So not everybody's going to 
like every song I play and I could actually care less. Yeah. Uh, in a way of care less as in like, if you don't like, let's say Donald one day is like, Hey, I don't like any of the music you play. Like, okay, then that's his opinion and that's fine. Then somebody else can come in and do it. Like there's nothing. Does Donald want to hear Crosby, Stills and Nash? He does. And it's the funniest thing ever. I Donald think wants music, it raging at all times, just yeah. in case you're wondering. <laughs> I think with music, you know, I, I have this conversation with people from time to time. We can disagree on whether we like something, sure, absolutely. but you can still, I, I can dislike Adele, let's say hypothetically, mm-hmm. but acknowledge that she's incredibly talented. Totally. And I think at a sporting event, I cannot like rap music or whatever you mm-hmm. happen to be playing, but I can acknowledge the energy that it creates. Yeah. You know what I mean? We got to get to college hall weekly. Rich, go to your this snack. This is way more important snack time. Snack time for Richie. <laughs> time for us to talk about the ABCA College Volleyball Weekly segment. We bring in our correspondents, Vinny J and Robbie. Gentlemen, NCAA championship in the books. I'll just leave it to you because honestly, I just saw tweets, texts. I really saw nothing of it except the two-minute Halloween-themed cut down that the NCAA <laughs> decided to put up. <laughs> well, it's two more minutes than we got last year, so we're we're making positive steps in the right direction. Thirty years, we'll have it at an hour. Oh God! <laughs> so baby uh, steps, baby steps. Robbie, you were in stadium. What was the in stadium experience like? No, that was a great crowd for Long Beach State, and they were kind of crazy and saying, "Actually, I saw a a video that Vinny had posted." of the crowd waiting for match point to fall. But I mean, the energy was there all weekend. Um, you know, they, they were so into the play whenever Long Beach state was there, but there was some really solid play by the other teams as well. And, you know, the Hawaii fans came in force and uh, they're just a great group to have in the house. They like their volleyball. Like, so when there's a non Long Beach state game and Hawaii was involved, they were totally energetic. You'd hear that clap and whatever they're saying, right off, Puna, right off, Puna, or, clapping all through the rallies it just it created a great vibe for championship weekend and you know they're excited to be there their team is there and they're seeing good volleyball and you know they're just generally was people are enjoying the play and they were totally entertained and uh, it's exciting to see that the group of people come together that the volleyball community just go out and support the sport the way they did and to have that em- uh, emanate in the sellouts on the uh, the semis and the finals nights jay uh we talked about it i know i want to Pepperdine to be there. Robbie needed to have UC Irvine be there. Other teams wanted to be there like George Mason, but it seemed like we really did get the two best teams this season matched up in the championship. No, I, I 100% agree. Um, you know, I, I thought there were a few teams throughout the year that were hot teams at the moment, Pepperdine being one, Santa Barbara being another, uh, USC being the la- the latest uh, in that group. But um, you know, consistently over the course of the season, Long Beach and Hawaii have proven themselves to be the team to beat. And, you know, we we all jokingly said it'd be awesome to see the four matches in the next few weeks between these two, two teams and, and see who comes out on top. And Long Beach was definitely that team this weekend. And that was, uh, that was a great final. So it was an epic match of the ages and, uh, and two teams that uh, just, you know, showed the level – uh, of men's volleyball that has progressed in the last, you know, five to ten years. It is such a high pace right now. And I, and I got to give the two setters the credit. I thought Josh and Joe were phenomenal. There are some plays that those kids made that, and you watch it in slow motion and you're, and you're just amazed at how they came out. So, um, yeah, kudos to Long Beach State. Obviously, kudos to Hawaii for making it there and, and being a 
worthy opponent. That was by no means a blowout. Uh, like all the matches were within due scores, and that's you know that's what you want. You want two teams that are going to go after it and and, uh, and show that they belong. And, and both teams definitely did. And congrats to Long Beach. Robbie, you were actually there uh, and enjoying the festivities. Tell me about the environment for Long Beach. The play of TJ DeFalco was outstanding. And then what did you see after the conclusion? Well, it definitely was one of those, what people would expect to see from a star player kicking it up four more levels because you know, TJ didn't necessarily get the highest stats all year long, but he was, was a solid contributor, always a second you know, um, contributor to points, or some contributed on aces or digs, but he wasn't always the offensive producer. But he definitely was a playmaker. And one thing he was for sure on Saturday night was an insane playmaker. You know, Josh Tuniga got some some just critical saves. He got a pancake diving save that uh, showed up on NCA.com. Great video, by the way. Uh, of him saving the ball, TJ ended up putting all that that transition ball away for the kill. But I mean, there were times when there'd be an extended rally, balls are just ricocheting all over the place. Teams are going all out to save them. Uh, Josh gets underneath on a low bump set on a bick, and TJ just comes flying out of the back row. And the sound that came off that ball and the velocity had to be over seventy five miles per hour. Just a blast that just made the crowd go wild. So you know that was just. TJ being TJ times four uh, and really just taking over the match. Um, you know, seeing Joe Worsley do his his thing. I mean, the guy's a playmaker also. And it's so exciting to see just the effort that he puts out uh, to, to make that that Hawaii team that much better. Uh, the, the shocker at the end of the night was announced an all-tournament team when we did not see Stein von Tilburg on that list. But, you know, I went and looked through the, the box scores. And actually, Colton Cowell, who ended up making the all-tournament team, had significant numbers and was the performer during the NCAA tournament. So the uh, committee made the right call on that. It was, you know, uh, Colton Cowell was the role player that that made the difference for Hawaii. On any other given day, when a team hits over 350, they're going to win that match. Unfortunately, Long Beach State hit over 450. So, you know, it was an insane night of great play. But, you know, the soccer was not having... The, the four-year starter, the, the two-time All-American of Stein von Tilburg not being on the All-Tournament team, but he didn't have a, a, as great a tournament as Colton Cowell, so it made sense. Vinny, you also got out here to California, did you not? Yeah, I did. I actually got a good opportunity to see some volleyball play, even went to the AVP. Um, I don't know if you saw the report I filed, but I said the shirtless team looked really good on the men's side. <laughs> I did see that. and You're, you're talking about yeah. Rich Lamborn, right? It's just in they were good. That's correct. They, they were, were good. They were talented. They, 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 they were good. No, you know, I yeah, I have to say it was a, a great atmosphere, some great volleyball. I think the thing that, you know, may get lost is, you know, in any other year, Lewis probably wins a national title. You know, Pepperdine wins a national title. Those were national championship caliber teams. They just happened to put these teams together when you had two teams that were arguably the best college men's volleyball teams we're going to see in a very long time. And it was such a great match, a uh, well-played match on both sides. You know, I think Hawaii took their foot off the gap, the pedal a little bit serving in the fourth game. And that kind of opened up the door for long beach. But the big turning point I felt was in the third game, Hawaii jumped out to a five, nothing lead. Stein von Tilburg had four kills. Everything was clicking and long beach was able to come back and win that game. And one, 
And I think Long Beach went on a 7-2 run to tie it up after that. When that happened, you kind of saw the chances starting to go away for Hawaii because have a 5-0 lead and not be able to close out that game. That, that's a heavy blow. Robbie, what happened with security and the Hawaii coaches complaining about the heckling of the Long Beach fans? You know, I, I, it was the standard stuff. I mean, from what I was hearing, and you know, I actually was uh, mingling with the, the, the Long Beach student section that was right there in the end, and they were there at the Big West Conference. I mean, it was nothing more than a you suck, you suck. I mean, it wasn't um, oh, sorry. like any other instances that we would heard or seen this year. I think, if anything, is more is similar to the BYU thing, that they were leaning over and, and just yelling, you suck. But, you know, um, maybe Charlie Wade was using that as a an opportunity to kind of you know, throw off the rhythm of the game for Long Beach State. I don't know, but it wasn't anything too crazy. You know, what? they were – the crowd was actually pretty controlled. I mean, it was mainly the uh, – un I guess the undressed – not undressed, the, the Long Beach State red shirts that were sitting right there heckling. So, you know – but for the most part, the, the the standard fans that have been there, they're, they're pretty good fans. So maybe yeah. they pushed it up a level. I didn't hear anything out of the ordinary, honestly. <laughs> yeah, well, and one thing I should add to that, because I kind of saw that situation play out a little bit in front of me towards the second game, is, you know, the, I get, you have to give a lot of credit to the job that the Long, Long Beach State security did. Charlie Wade kind of filed the complaint with the committee. The security within a minute was over there, kind of settling down the crown getting in front. And then even after the match, I mean, maybe one of the more impressive feats was the security squad making sure that those students weren't going to storm the court because they were holding back a wave and only a couple got through. So those may be the unspoken um, tournament MVP right there in the security guards. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I agree on the storming the court. I don't know about the heckling. I, yeah. And there's a, there's a fine line there somewhere without being there. I have no idea, but yeah. Whatever on that. Uh, what, what are you guys feeling? Maybe Jay will start with you on some of the topics that were addressed on the broadcast. Give, give me an example of what you're talking about. Uh, I'm talking about the resignation of Scott Tuzinski during the week yeah. after a extremely yeah. poorly written hit job from uh, somebody yeah. down in Orange County, I believe the OC register. And, yeah. and the effects of that and then, and then how that was discussed on the broadcast. I did not hear it. Uh, but I did see some chatter about it. Yeah, I, I was afraid you were going to mention that, but it's the it's the reality, right? I I, I got to be honest with you, I'm not really excited that uh, that Sunderland or whoever else it was with, or somebody made a mention of it on TV about Charlie and his uh, you know kids accusations, and I, I didn't hear much about Scott, but I know obviously what had happened, and he resigned last week. You know, we we, we don't need that kind of black mark. This is not that kind of sport that warrants. Um, you know, kind of uh, the locker room discussions that go on about uh, so-and-so's, you know, background or experience or, you know, something they may have done. We should have been celebrating the two teams that are on the court and talking about the off-court issues that are going on. I, I don't know uh, what what the outcome is going to be for either one of them. I don't know if Scott will be allowed to come back. I don't know if Charlie uh, is going to have to resign. I, I surely hope that the best thing works out for both of those coaches and they get to go and continue to do what they do. If, if, if indeed they are found uh, innocent of the charges, but I don't know one way or the other uh, what the accusations will lead to. And uh, it's just a shame that, that they felt the need at that moment to discuss it. Um, you know, I know they got to fill their time and sometimes they need a little bit of a shot value to gain more attention, but um, you know, it just, it, it was a sad time. If you, if you ask me. 
Well, yeah, well, and I mean, I'm not asking necessarily about the the accusations themselves or any sort of adjudication there. I'm asking more about the warts and all approach to what what is a news story if it's legitimate sport and you have a coach resign in the week before, and I don't know how it was addressed specifically on air. That's what I'm wondering. Vinny? Yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, I'm necessarily fine with, with them mentioning mentioning it because it is a new story the focus is it's how much are you talking about it you know if you're making that the focus of the of the story and in fairness i haven't seen the broadcast so so i don't know but the other thing i want to this and i you know i was doing a hit on a hawaii radio station uh before the sunline final match i made this comment as well you know there's so much that's unknown with the tournament weight stuff right now and everything and everyone has an opinion Uh, and what i would just advise people is this is kind of the equivalent of the Mueller report. Let's wait for everything to come out, then let's form our opinions, because it does no one any good to form form their opinions without all the information out there. So let's just be patient and, you know, see what ultimately happens with, with this investigation, because who knows? It could it could come up that there are incorrect charges, it could come up there are accurate charges. We don't know. Yeah, I agree with both what both Jay and Vinny said because it just was an awkward, awkward situation. But you know, got to wait till all the evidence comes in before we start making our judgments on it. And yeah, I'm guilty of it. I, I did it in the season. I, I kind of jumped to conclusion and then made a judgment. And I, I'm not going to do it again. So you know, until it's proven, you know, they're good in my eyes. And and you know, we'll wait and see. Well, we got we got to give Vinny a little credit. You know, he was in the post match interview with uh, with Hawaii. And the only awkward moment was when he mentioned them playing BYU and making adjustments rather than any questions directly <laughs> what happened. So, yeah, we're going to have a silver lining on anything. That's the silver lining I can see. Thank you to yeah. Vinny well, for holding down the post-match press conference by himself in some cases. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. well, I, I have to say it was uh, the Pepperdine uh, press conference was interesting when it was me and the players. Uh, and that was it. <laughs> so... It's called an intimate so like, cool. affair. You pay extra for that most times. Yes, yes, I know. It was, uh, and, and I'm sitting there also. I'm like, yeah, I don't really have that much to ask you guys. Uh, okay, let's start thinking some questions. So when you got to come up with some stuff, <laughs> Vinny, you got to come up with some things, man. Be on your toes. I know. I came up with some stuff. I mean, you know, we got Robert Mulhaney's thoughts on Game of Thrones, so so we're all good. <laughs> I, good. I, I got I don't know if it was you, Vinny, or someone else that brought up the fact that maybe they should fire Marv Dumpy because yeah, they that, and then they end up losing. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that was me. I did that on that if they were going to fire Dumpy. So it's Vinny that's behind FireMarvDumpy.com? Is that? Yes. And I did actually ask uh, Doug Beal, and I can, I'm pretty sure he's okay with me reporting this. He is not coming out of retirement to take the Ohio State job. He did confirm <laughs> that to me because this, I did ask. This him. just in. All right, boys. Any, anything we missed from the championship match? You know, I, I think one thing is just, you know, the really – I thought it was a great environment, you know, with any um, with any NCAA tournament events or matches. There's always a few hiccups here and there, you know, stuff to improve upon. But I thought that Long Beach did a really good job, and I think that they've made a really good case for, you know, why they should be hosting it again in the future. And, uh, you know, I'm excited now for – you know, to get this event back on the East Coast and uh, see what Jay and uh, George Mason has in store for 2020. If history yeah. is any guide, then it means that George Mason will be in the final next year. Well, yeah. Uh, well, that, well, that is the other weird trend that someone pointed out is, so the last eight years, we've had back-to-back champions, and one of those years, 
the champion has won on their home court, which means either George Mason or Ohio State will be winning the championships in 2020 or 2021. Wow, no pressure. Nope, no pressure. (laughs) Get it done, Jay. (laughs) Well, thanks. The only thing that I would add is, is in regards to the video challenge system, and have cameras at the right angles because they, you know, yeah. it was great to have it, but you know, they were only doing it at 60 frames per second. They only had, they were only limited to certain lines and not really the top and bottom of the net. And, I mean, it could have been so much more because I know that the lead problem when there was a, like at least three inconclusive when they shouldn't have been. And you, know, you couldn't even really, uh, you couldn't even really protest or challenge if there was a attack line fault on a three meter attack. My you know, my so, question is: Didn't during the year weren't they touted as having the most advanced uh, challenge replay system in the country because of the fact that Dada Bali had rented out their system to them for the entire year because they were going to use it during the finals? Did yeah, was something wrong with it? Because it looked good when I saw it earlier and in the year. It looked fantastic. Frames per second on some of those cameras, and yeah. so my understanding what is happened? why were those cameras not used? What happened? What did they use a different system? I believe they may have. What? I think they did, uh, but I, I, do, I don't remember the name of the initial oh, system that Long Beach started out with this year. But well, I think someone question, else had come in. Video check is the data volley one, right? There was there was an inline violation with Pat Gasman on a serve that everybody and their mother seemed to think that he was over. And yet we don't have video of it. No, I talked. To, not have video. I talked to her mother. She disagreed, but everybody else was on board. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I thought those were standardized camera angles that they had had throughout the entire year, and apparently those are not. I, I don't understand why, but you know, hmm. stranger things have happened. Hopefully, they changed the replay system because there were still, you know, a, a, a few calls that were egregiously missed, and now you're wasting a challenge on a call that should be easy made. And I, and I hope the powers that be <clears throat> make the changes to. Uh, to include that if you if a coach gets a call correct that they do not lose that challenge they get to continue to keep it right. I don't I don't see why that isn't something that doesn't change moving forward at the very but, least well, and- at the very least do it at any match held above uh, north of Vegas but west of the Rocky Mountains and then east of California make sure that in that area <laughs> that little square that that creates a rectangle yeah. that uh, you get unlimited challenges. Yeah, I, I, would, I, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think it needs to be changed. I think that's a, a, a rule that we need to, to modify. Right, and, and I think if you also do that, you'll see less coaches using the challenge as a de facto timeout. Well, part of that discussion, Why? it's funny you mentioned that, Benny. I just signed uh, a, a request for any rule changes that I wanted to see. And one of the, the topics of discussion that I had around with, with other coaches around the country is, they, they want to see the replay system, you know, if you get a challenge correct, you get to keep it. But they also wanted to say that the, the teams were not allowed to come to the sideline during the challenge and talk to the coach. So the coach was literally left to the sideline to be able to stay where they are. They, they're not allowed to chat with the teams because some coaches were using it, in effect, as a timeout when they knew done well and that the call was going to close. All right, well, you should yeah. be able to do that quickly. But also, I would say then take away one of the regular timeouts. We don't need this many timeouts. You don't need Agreed. two timeouts, especially in the fifth, but you do not need two timeouts each in in these matches. Just forget it. You get one. Deal with Agreed. it. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. You're not that smart anyway. Good. I mean, come on. Nothing you're saying <laughs> is going to change what's going on. Well, imagine if you're the team that's getting the crack kicked out of you early in the match, and so you call the timeout, and I get guys. 
just trying to break a little momentum or getting the crap kicked out of us. And then, you know, 10 points late, you call another timeout, and your kids are looking at you for information. You look at your kids going, hey, we're still getting the crap kicked out of us. Apparently, yeah. we haven't made any changes. Right. But I mean, especially in the TV <laughs> matches where you're going to get one at 15 if no one's called a timeout anyway. So yeah. in some cases, right. we get one at 15, then we get one at 16, then we get one at 18, then we get one at 20. Knock it off. Oh. Enough. Yeah. Internationally, it's yeah. worse. But. Agreed. Absolutely right. agreed. Hopefully, those changes get made. Absolutely. All right. Uh, before I let you guys go, top three teams for next year, and I'll let you roll it through your brain for just a second before I pick one person. I have to go first. Vinny. Yeah. So I, I actually uh, did the way early predicted rankings on off the block. And, limestone. Uh, getting shredded apart. Yeah, Limestone's going to have a decent year. They have Jordan uh, Burnett returning. Good, good outside attacker from Puerto Rico. I think that they could be a top four conference Carolina team. But number three, obviously, Ball State. Number two, Barden. Number three, number one, Linda went that one. No, all, all joking aside, I put, put out my the way early rankings. It's being spread apart on Volley Talk right now, so enjoy that corner if you want to see it. But I have Hawaii at number three. I have Stanford at number two. I think that this is the big breakout year. They have all the pieces. And then, I have BYU at number one with that combination of um, with that combination of Gabby Garcia Fernandez and Zanardi on on the oppos. That's going to be a deadly pin pin situation. They got to fix their passing though in the offseason. That's going to be key. But you know, it's funny though. In 2020, it's a wide open year. You know, this time last year, I think we all felt that it was going to be a coordination of sorts for. For Long Beach next year and Hawaii kind of emerged, so they were the sexy mid-year pick. But this year, you're kind of throwing it, or for 2020, you're kind of throwing your hands up in the air like, I don't know. You know, there's just so many teams that are losing high-caliber players. Uh, a deadly pin situation, a lot like Hellraiser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie. Yeah, I'm contractually obligated to say UC Irvine. You're going to say UC Irvine, but there is some substance to why you know, oh, Scott's wait, 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 to come back. You're going to have to also then give the over-under on number of different lineups that will be played during the season. <laughs> 23, no. <laughs> Got to, um, yeah, for sure, Scott Statics will be back. And I think that I, I think the honorable mention in the uh, All-American Awards is going to serve as motivation for him to push even higher to get that first team because he was a, uh, I believe, second team in the previous year. So okay. I think that's going to be good motivation for him. We're going to have a full season of Joel Schneidmiller, and he is probably going to be the next impact outside hitter. And it's unfortunate he he had that injury right before the Hawaii matches this year and tried to play through. But, you know, he'll be back for a full season. And uh, uh, Alexander Sakanda, the opposite, the 6-4 opposite, the Canadian, who came in and played opposite when uh, we moved Carl Applebox to the left pin when Schneider was injured. I think we're going to see a lot better play from him. All right. Uh, the only now the weak area will be – Yep. Now that the Anteater commercial is over, how All about right. number two? Yes. Okay, gotcha. I know where you're coming from now. <laughs> I, I'm impressed with Lewis. Um, they've got some good pieces in place. And now I don't know what they're going to do with the setter position, but they're a really good physical team. And uh, you know, they opened eyes during this tournament for me because I think USC was shocked because USC had great attackers, but their block, Lewis's block, was effective and their offense was pretty strong. So Definitely them as well. And then that third team is really a toss-up for me. I want to say Stanford, but then, you know, I have this feeling that we're going to see this, this an unexpected team come out of a, uh, the midst here and grab that third spot. So I'm going to say that's going to be Hawaii 
because they got a pretty decent bench of, of guys that they're they're bringing in. And uh, if Yakub Tella is going to be the uh, the center, the, uh, he usually came in to serve. He's got a wicked serve. And if he's able to run that offense, I think Rada Parpunov uh, will be a great option for him to go to, and that could be another winning year for Hawaii. Okay. Jay, quickly. First of all, we are hosting the national championships in 2020, so coming out to Fairfax in May of next year is going to be a lot of fun. Get some reservations at Shea Hossick now because it will fill up fast. I'm not going to give you my three top teams. I'm going to give you the three teams to watch since those guys covered it. First of all, Stanford is going to be a team to watch. They've got a lot of guys coming back. They lost a couple of guys that, that maybe were some contributors, but they've got some good kids in the wings. Presho, um, and they've got the center Bischoff, and they've got the opposite. Those guys, Jalen, they're going to be really, really good to watch. I think they're going to be a team to watch. Penn State is going to be a team that I think is going to come out of the woodworks next year that Robbie's talking about. They had anywhere from three to five freshmen on the court this year. And although they didn't win the EIBA, they're a team that got beat up over the year and they kind of know what it felt like. And those young guys are really good. Penn State's going to be a handful. My last one, Princeton. They only lose their one outside hitter, and they have a kid coming in next year who's better than him. Princeton's going to be a team that's going to open some eyes next year, and they may make another run at it. So those are my three teams that I will be watching. I like how and, Jay picked two teams in the EIVA as teams to watch. It would be like I want Robbie to choose the UC Irvine bench second team to somehow compete for the MPSF <laughs> title. Or the Big so West Ball title, sorry. State, Ball State, seven, 18 years without an NCAA tournament. Could 2020 be the year? It's now or never. Let me just tell you. Okay, there, there, no. there, there we go. I got my alma mater in there. <laughs> so, hey, what, one thing I do want to add, though, really quick, I'm getting on what Jay was saying, though, about, about the Princeton. The recruit is a member of the Canadian men's junior national team, currently playing right now in the U21 Pan Am Cup. United States also in that, trying to qualify for a spot in the world championships. It's been a crazy journey for this U.S. team. They literally had, like, one practice together before they had to go out and play. Almost had, got disqualified because they lost their jerseys en route to Peru. It's been a wacky, switch been coaches. A wacky trip yeah. so far. Yeah, and they switched coaches, yeah. too, a late addition to the coaching staff. All right, boys. Yeah. Hey, thank you all three of you for a fantastic men's season. Really appreciate all of your efforts, all of your information, your willingness to make time in your day for this goofball podcast. And uh, you're doing good stuff for the sport. Keep it up, all three of you. No problem. We'll see you next decade. Okay. Vinny J. Vinny J. and Robbie checking out. We appreciate it. Jay Hosick, head coach at George Mason University. Rob Espiro. Rob on the mic down there from UC Irvine and Vinny Lopes of offtheblock.com. Did you summon your car? No, but I was looking at uh, Google and it has a story about somebody posting a video of it, uh, their car coming to them in a crowded parking lot. That's so, so amazing. Good. <laughs> so good. I would use that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see it doing donuts out here in my yard. Uh, before we get to the women's championship. Yes. And because Rich has to leave momentarily. Yes. What? Because I'm very curious about these conversations. You don't have to get specific, but what are the conversations like with your team when you lose early in the tournament? Yeah, I don't know that it changes so much. Um, one of the things that we've dealt with, I don't, I don't know how to say it properly, but we, we sort of slowly crescendo, mm -hmm. which can be trying at times as a coach. I would like us to just always be playing yeah. at an amazing level, but that's not uh, realistic, of course. 
Uh, and so we talked about the concept of grinding uh, and how we want to make that a hallmark of our team. Team Grit slash Tesla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so when you lose earlier in a tournament, you know it's going to be a grind if you hope to get to yeah. Sunday and uh, to the end of the tournament. Uh, so we, we kind of committed ourselves to that notion of grinding. And then, you know, I mean, there are any number of little things along the way. Um, I said it to a few people uh, in that after that semifinal, a pivotal moment in my mind, my favorite moment of that match is, you know, that third set against Trevor and Try as a seesaw battle. They took the lead. We took the lead a little bit, but it was always tight. And then Jake came up with an ace at 12-11. He's so good in those clutch situations. To give us a yeah, two-point cushion, and we go into a timeout. Uh, they, Trevor and Try call a timeout. And we're talking about, hey, what do we want to do coming out of this timeout here? And Jake says, uh, if the wind is favorable or whatever, I'm going to hit my jump serve again. And Taylor says, no, no. No matter what, you hit your jump serve right here. Nice. Green light, go for it. And he came out, and with that mindset, dropped it in the common yeah. corner the direct, <laughs> on the direct other side of the court. That was kinda, amazing. Yeah. I mean, it was a perfect serve and obviously kind of surprising a little bit to Trevor because the last serve had gone the completely other direction. Uh, so, you know, that gets us to the freeze at 14-11. Ultimately, we win that match. But I just – I like that the guys come up with that mindset. They have that belief in one another. Yep. And I attribute it almost entirely to me and my work. I noticed how Rich, Rich said nothing in that timeout, actually. Yeah. Was, Sometimes you don't need to. That's the best Jay coaching. Jay talked. Taylor talked. Rich flexed. Rich was looking at his uh, Tesla app. In, in the words of uh, the great Where producer, Hugh Arian, right? I was letting it breathe, Kevin. Nice job. Nice job. <laughs> and then Way to the, take the notes. Yes. And then what are the conversations like during that Phil match on uh, – Saturday night. Uh, I mean, it depends kind of where we are in that match a little bit, maybe, but uh, one of the things, one of the concepts we try and harp on a lot in our timeouts or our meetings or whatever is uh, this idea of narrowing your focus. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want to go, here's what the score is. Here's where we feel like we need to get, you know, you, you kind of get outside of yourself a little bit. Uh, Sometimes we can go, hey, let's side out here. Sometimes we need to narrow it even more. Yeah. I'm just going to pass this ball. Then I'm just going to set this ball, you know. Um, and so the more proficient we can become at doing that, I think the more we can deal with stressful, difficult situations. And, and hopefully we can also use it on the other side of the spectrum as well. When we're rolling well, we can continue to roll well. Yeah. Where are my trophies? That's in, what I want to know. Crosby, know. In Crosby's room, I think, and in Trevor, and in Trevor's room, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he put it right over the uh, doorway, yeah, exactly <laughs> to their house. Yeah. Well, I know uh, Taylor's girlfriend Sarah was delighted by that. Oh, good lamp. She goes, "This is something we can actually use." His skateboard's just leaning against the wall in the corner. <laughs> I like uh, that. I know her name now. Yeah, because after a match, she came up and introduced her. Hi, I'm Taylor's girlfriend. I was like. Hi, Taylor's girlfriend. What's your name? Yeah, what's, right. what's your actual name? <laughs> That's interesting because Jake has uh, introduced himself, uh, you know, in a variety of different ways over there. Hi, I'm Casey's partner. Now I'm Taylor's partner. <laughs> <laughs> He's often the guy that's like, 
Hey, uh, Taylor, can we get a picture? You, Guy, could you take this for us? <laughs> hey, Phil, can you take this photo for <laughs> yeah, us? Yeah, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, well, summer in Dakar? Yes, I'm, I'm being excused. <laughs> no, you can stay. You can stay. You're the it's one that said deal. you had to leave. Did the mic just drop on you? No, it's like disintegrating if I bump into oh, it. Yeah, yeah. It, we pulled these out of the archives because we have to get new headsets. You'll notice there's no clicking going on in this one. Do you two now need the large mic condom like Kevin and I have, Rich? Yes. I need the Roomba it. to do a little yeah. cleanup. <laughs> we'll just set it in your lap. Yeah. Whoa. Hey, Roomba. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> How'd you know? This only happens on my birthday. Awkward. Mm. So there's a repeat of Long Beach State as the men's indoor champion. There's yep. a repeat of the... UCLA Women's Beach Volleyball Championship in quite similar fashion to a lot of matchups we've seen. They faced off with USC. What I didn't realize, or it just didn't click, that USC... See you, Richie. Happy birthday. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. USC had beaten UCLA yes. three times in a row. Correct? Uh, no. To end the season? Twice in a row. Twice? Everybody One of the Pac-12... Oh, wait a minute. You don't need roads now? I think you're right. Three times in a row? I think you're right, because they met in pool play, and then they met in the final, and uh, and yeah, USC was winning. I think, uh, like anything, I, th- I feel it's always difficult to beat a team. Why does that always work? I, I, I don't know, but it also... It does, it works. Yeah. Um, three but times. To beat a team three times in a row, I think, is extremely difficult. To beat a team twice in an ADP event, like you lose to them earlier in term and then you meet up again, I feel like the odds are in favor of the team that lost most of the time. So the fact that USC beat them three times in a row and then fought back, by the way, USC was down 2-0 to get to the finals. In the dual format, you have to win... USC was down 2-0. USC was down 2-0. You have to win best out of three, or best out of five, I'm sorry. So you have to win at least three duels. Can't get into the explanation of it all because I don't know it all and it's confusing. What would you like? What would you like to know? I, it's not that I would like to know because it's still confusing I after talking about it. I know. I don't need clarification. Question? I want. I don't know the answer yet, but I want a better format because it's confusing to people to explain it. You're to. never going to get it. I know. I, again, it's it's. I'm not blaming anybody. It's just confusing. They were down to LSU. I mean, yeah, they were down two duels to two, zero. Two matches. Two matches. Whatever. The whole thing's a duel. Ugh. Two matches inside of the duel. That the whatever. Duel they were down 2-0. Oh. Yeah. The score was 2-0. They were down. <laughs> and they came back and won to get to the finals to play UCLA for the championship. And could they beat them four times in a row? What's going on on your computer over there? You're ruining the show. Well, I'm, I'm looking up the results because, you know what, I was doing something else all weekend. So my, my knowledge is cursory at best of what went on here. So no no disrespect. It's kind of like the indoor side. We had three guys yeah. who knew about it. it. We needed to bring somebody in here. Maybe we can get Dane Bland. Yeah. Uh, Rob Sparrow said, USC won all times in conference. I don't know what that means. Well, there's conference and non-conference. UCLA beat them once all year. Yeah. It was the very first time. And then USC beat them twice in the Pac-12 tourney. And I think USC won the Pac-12 this year in Beach. Yeah, because you were there, They right? beat UCLA in the semis and the winners. UCLA came back. USC beat them in the final. As well. I'm curious. I don't know how like the road matches go, but USC, their home court on campus, is very well groomed and very well protected from said elements. Now, it's not not windy there. Now, Gulf Shores is not like that, so I wonder how much that plays into that. 
Remember, USC got knocked out by Stetson in the round one. That was number one versus number eight, and the number one seed went down. Crazy. They end up in the elimination bracket. They beat Pepperdine 3-0. They beat Florida State 3-1. Hawaii 3-0, then got LSU. And LSU got knocked out courtesy of UCLA, who 3-0'd them. And then UCLA 3-0'd USC. Crazy. Um, so congratulations to Steino, Steino. Stein Metzger, AVP legend. And Triple J, Jenny Johnson-Jordan, who is also on that staff. And current, I believe, because she wasn't there this weekend, obviously, AVP player Irene Pollock, who is also on said UCLA staff. Correct. And Sarah Sponsel, who you'll see out there, who is won her second national title. Wonder if she'll make the finals again in Austin like she did last year. Seriously. (laughs) Just keep the momentum going. Yeah, just keep on trucking. No Texas pun intended. So, yeah, congratulations to... UCLA, back-to-back, Long Beach back-to-back. Did Jake and Taylor win Huntington last year? Did they go (laughs) back-to-back? Seriously. Yeah, it's all good stuff. What a weekend it was. So now we're going to go into a weekend with no volleyball. So we just take next Monday off? Yes. Okay. I've got stuff to do. I have trophies to build for Austin. What are we going to talk about? (laughs) I have trophies to build for Austin. I've got to get that done. And Seattle because I'm traveling so much that I have to get the Seattle trophies done Mm. now. So that they're ready to go. I did not, because I am working at the exact same moment, get to see any of the Amazon broadcasts. I'm going to go back. There's a couple of matches yeah. to critique myself, but also watch some matches. Because um, I can't, I don't get to watch it the same way a fan does during a tournament, obviously, because I'm working. Um, but I heard nothing but positive feedback about the Amazon broadcast. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um everybody's like, oh, it's so much better this year. I don't know what that means, but I told everybody it's always going to get better. We said at the beginning of last year, Amazon is a huge thing. Right. You're going to get to see things you didn't get to see before, and it's just going to get better because everybody learns as it goes on because last year was the first time they'd ever done anything like that. So it's just going to get better. Correct. Um, So I don't know what you and Cameron Irwin did this year, and one Dane Blanton will be joining you. For the remainder of the season, I believe, after yes. he was done with his duties this past weekend in Gulf Shores. Previous commitment, as he put it. Yeah, I, I get it. We all got to get paid in this sport. No doubt. Um, so, yeah, congrats to you guys. Congrats to the Amazon staff. And one Josh Glazebrook deserves some type of an award. I don't know. At every event. 100%. But this, and I meant to, I meant to email him this last night or before the show today because I wanted to say it to him first before I said it publicly, but... I understand that live events behind the scenes, there are things that go wrong and go on that are frustrating and are difficult, especially the first event of the year. Right. From the DJ's perspective and from what I could see from the fans' perspective, this was one of the best, if not the best, first event of the year that I have been involved with in my however long I've been around since 2003. You do the math. Uh which is a, not an easy thing to do. Because even though we most of us have done this before, there's still new people. The site is a little bit different. The site looked great when I got there Friday morning. I got there super early just to sound check and everything. I didn't need to because after I sound checked, now I was like, now I have 40 more minutes, 45 more minutes before I actually have to start playing any music. And then everybody asked me where Mark was. Um, but I think that f- putting on a live outdoor event is difficult in general. Mm-hmm. But this Huntington Beach event was, first event of the year was 
one of the best, if not the best, that I've been involved with in my career so far. You have seven to catch. Austin, two weeks? Yep. Less than that now. Austin will be happening. Then we have New York, then Seattle, Hermosa, Manhattan, Chicago, Hawaii. 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 So you can check out Navy P Tour event. Jeremy and I will beat all of them. Yes. Also this week, there is more college volleyball. USAV is having their Collegiate Beach Challenge in Hermosa Thursday through Saturday. And I believe there is a country quota for the FIVB that is on Wednesday, I believe, this week. I'm not sure if it's in Hermosa or Manhattan. I'm trying to get confirmation. I'll let you go by that. and see that. Yeah. Um, I'm siding out Wednesday morning, but then I will show up afterwards. Let me know because I will show up for that. You want to side out too? Uh, I'd love to. Yeah. You want to come commentate mine and Asian Rich's game? Yes. Okay. Big Asia. Yeah. Okay. Can't wait. All right, boys and girls, I want to thank Tulsa Tees for their support of this show and for the gear I wore all weekend long. At one point, I looked like I was from the Incredibles. Was it Tulsa Tee when Geeter was heckling you? Yes. Okay. I was wearing my black Tulsa Tee with my Prana hoodie underneath, the lightweight hoodie. Yeah. And I, I was wandering around. When I put it on, I felt like, honey, where is my super <laughs> suit? <laughs> I will say, Kevin, you did look TV presentable all weekend long. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Beachy casual. Yeah. I will endeavor to do that some more. I cleaned out the prana shop on Thursday afternoon. I like when I walk up on site every morning hugging my 45-pound-plus DJ <laughs> equipment through the sand and up the stairs. First world problems. That you and Cameron are sitting on the edge of, because your booth is now directly next to mine. And right. I thought for sure I'd get a couple, hey, can you guys keep it down in there? Because there's a lot of activity going yeah. on in my booth, also your booth. We did not get that, which I was happy with. But you guys getting your makeup done for TV, and I asked a couple times, like, hey, do I need to – can I get some touch-up here? A little, uh, I'm a little puffy under the eyes right now. I didn't get much <laughs> – the air conditioning in the hotel room always gets me. So I never miss that when I was driving back here every night, although I, didn't, I did not really enjoy the drives of an hour each way. But, yeah, we will, uh, we will see. It was a good event. It was good. I'm making trophies for Austin as well. So. And we had one extra court this year, right? We had three courts that were – could you you couldn't pick the court you wanted to watch on Amazon Prime or could you? You can. You can watch court one or court two. Yeah. At any time. Full Nats. Oh, okay. Great. Or you can watch our feed from Stadium. The odd effect of this, I'm more disconnected from the tournament. It's actually better for us in terms of amount of nuttiness. Yeah. Um, first world problems. Yeah. But it's better for us, but it, it is it leaves me a little disconnected from what's going on because I don't see as many points. And there's no point at which I get a break to like go watch one or two. No, of course not. But you, the the fan, can. I think people were really happy to be. So able that's to do when it. everybody's talking about the. So you're not commentating, obviously, on each court. No, we pop in occasionally. Yeah, but that's why the the mics are ambient on those right. courts, so people can hear the players and the referees. Eddie, awesome. That was somebody texted me about that. <laughs> so good during, because that was on court one, I think, which yeah, was think behind so. right Stadium behind Court. Us, or yeah. yeah, it's pretty funny. Good for him. Yeah. He's good. You'll hear him on the mic again some more. Love it. For sure. Thanks, Tulsum Tees, for their support of the show, support of me as well on the AVP Tour. Code Volleyball still gets 10% off there. Long sleeves, short sleeves, Classy V, Henley. They have a lot of different styles they've been putting out for the Tulsum man. You know somebody, Tulsum boy, even, that could use a shirt that actually fits them. That's not wearing like an 80s half shirt that he should have had shoulder pads under. <laughs> and I mean like real shoulder pads. The old Brian Bosworth look. Yeah. All right, boys and girls, TulsumTees.com is it. 
the net live is done for another week. I don't know if we'll see you next week. <laughs> we'll probably see you after. Oh, you know what? We will not see you after Austin, Jeremy, unless you're doing it. Cause I will be headed to Nashville directly after Austin. Mm, I fly home that Monday. All right. Things are going to get a little hairy kids. We'll have some programming for you for sure. Just follow us on social media as we'll we keep go. You updated. Yeah. And we'll, we'll probably cut together some stuff from events. We'll, uh, we'll get some audio from people because we have some crazy travel happening. So uh, TBD on next week. And then after that, it's going to be sketchy. We'll, we'll keep you posted. Cool. Net live out. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.